Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys achieve more success. We're glad you can listen today on the Legal Talk Network. Today's episode is about one of my favorite topics, and one that some consider to be a little bit taboo in our profession. In fact, uh, well, I've got stories around that, uh, but uh, it's, it's amazing how uncomfortable sometimes people get around this topic. Everybody's getting all titillated now, like, oh my God, he's going to talk about something fun. The topic that it's about is about giving up things we like less. Notice I didn't say things we dislike, though it could be that too, but giving up things we like less in exchange for things we will like more or want more. And of course, this is the way in which we make profit. So today's episode is about profit, and our title today is Live Life Your Way with a Profitable Business. And my guest is Moshe Amsel. Now, Moshe is the host of Profit with Law podcast um, and of the law firm Growth Summit. He helps law firm owners to grow their practice with a focus on creating generational wealth. Moshe has 20 years experience in the IT industry as a business executive, and he's also got extensive experience in sales and marketing, closing over $30 million in sales in one year. He currently owns an accounting practice called Dream Builder Financial, where he helps his clients with business advisory and tax strategy services. And uh, of course, I am just your host, Christopher Anderson, an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers achieve success with their law firm businesses. In the unbillable hour each month, we explore an area important to help you be a more profitable lawyer through growing your revenues, getting back more of your time, and getting more professional satisfaction from your business. The unbillable hour is dedicated to bringing you guests each month to help you learn more about how to make your law firm business work for you instead of the other way around. And today we're going to talk about it working profitably. But before we get started, I do want to say a thank you to our sponsors, Nexa, Solo Practice University, Scorpion, and Law Clerk. Nexa, formerly known as Answer One, is a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for law firms. Learn more by giving them a call at 800 267 9371 or online at www.nexa.com. Solo Practice University is a great resource for solos no matter how long you've been practicing. Make sure you check out solopracticeuniversity.com and learn how to run your practice better. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Law Clerk, where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Visit lawclerk.legal to learn how to increase your productivity and your profits by working with talented freelance lawyers. And today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is... Live life your way with a profitable business. And my guest is Moja Amsel. And uh, he is the host of the Profit 
uh, with Law Podcast and the Law Firm Growth Summit. And of course, he's the owner of Dream Builder Financial. Moshe, welcome to the Unbillable Hour. Christopher, thank you so much for having me. It is absolutely my pleasure to be here today. Alex, it's exciting to have you. So um, I, traditionally, um, we kind of make a joke of it now uh, on the Unbillable Hour. My uh, introductions are brief and inadequate. Um, so I'd like to start the show off just by, uh, if you don't mind, expanding a little bit about uh, how you came to be uh, doing the Profit With Law podcast, the Law Firm Growth Summit, and, and how you arrived at this place where, where you like talking to law firms about profit. Sure. So I am a husband first, father second, business owner third. And when I started my business, I very intentionally wanted to position myself in a way that I can keep those priorities in check. So initially, I, I aligned myself with a few different advisory service items that made me unique, one of them being a profit-first professional, another being a live plan expert. And in my journey of establishing my accounting practice uh, through Profit First, I attracted a law firm client. And that law firm client referred another, which referred another, which referred another. And before I knew it, I had uh, five uh, law firms as clients in my accounting business. And I started to see a very common thread between them. Mm -hmm. And that common thread led me to believe that there is a need in the industry for another perspective. And hence, my uh, travels began into the legal industry, which is uh, certainly uh, an interesting one and some amazing folks uh, that I have been able to come in contact with. Uh, but shortly after starting, I decided to uh, launch my podcast and, and start providing value for free to everybody so that uh, they can start to appreciate another perspective, which is from a business-first mindset, uh, which is very different than what uh, law firm owners have been exposed to, both in law school, which is, you know, there's no business training there. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, and then when they worked for a large law firm, the, the way that large law firms operate their business is very different from the way that a solo or small or up-and-coming uh, law firm needs to, needs to practice. And when they bring those habits with them into the new practice and oh, ignore... Yeah, yeah, yeah where business, you know, is made, you know, where profits are made and how business is run, uh, they, they basically are setting themselves up for a very long and painful ride. So that's essentially how I got involved with uh, the legal industry and helping law firm owners. Uh, and since uh, establishing the podcast back in March, I've also created a number of connections with um, industry influencers, people who are out there doing podcasting, Facebook Lives, uh, blog post articles, speaking at events. And um, I've collaborated with a lot of these people, yourself included, to figure out if there's another way to bring free useful information to law firm owners. And that's where the Law Firm Growth Summit was born, which is a completely free and virtual conference. I'd like to plug that at the end of the show. I don't want to yeah, focus sure. on that right now, but that, you know, those are, are my front running pieces for, uh, you know, for the industry at large to help perhaps retrain uh, law firm owners on what running a small business really is all about. Cool. So one thing that struck me about that was that you said that as you were working with 
you got a law firm client, then you got another law firm client. As you started working with law firms, you noticed a common thread uh, that you wanted to help them with uh, that, that, that was burdening their businesses. Can you tell the listeners what that thread is um, and how they can identify it in their own business if it's there? Yes, certainly. So um, all of them were, were seeking the advice of a coach or consultant and, and getting outside help in growing their practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one had their own unique idea that they were bringing to the table to help them grow. Uh, but they were all focused on one point. So one might have been focused specifically on growing leads coming into the practice. Uh, yeah. So just bring in more leads and ignore everything else. Another one might have been focusing specifically on team development. Let's get the best team in-house. Let's let's work on that and everything else will follow. You know, And, and another might have been working specifically on uh, the, the sales, not the marketing. You know, how, let's increase your close rate. Let's work. Let's work in that area. And what they were all ignoring is the financial part of the business. Uh, what I was finding is firm owners who were getting themselves into expensive leases, having nice offices uh, that created a, a nice professional image to the public. They were adding staff that they didn't necessarily. They weren't necessarily keeping busy, or they were keeping busy but not billing enough or, or effectively to be able to be profitable. And the worst thing that, w- that, that I found is that they absolutely had no idea what their financial picture was. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them either was not using an accounting software or did not have a bookkeeper, was doing it themselves and were you know far behind and, and also not entering things correctly. Uh, and at the, end, at the end of the day, they you know when I said, when was the last time you looked at your profit and loss statement? When was the last time you had any idea whether or not your firm is profitable, none of them could answer that question. And that was, to me, coming from, from the business world and, from, and from, with an accounting background as well, that was mind-boggling, that somebody can actually run a business that way. And it made me realize that it's not that they don't want to be successful, it's that they were never told how. Right. Now, I mean, obviously, everybody, well, we shouldn't ever generalize, right? But most, I think most people start their law firm. Uh, and enter into uh, the ownership of a practice with some hope of being successful in, in, in a variety of ways. Yet you're, you're seeing that they're not having good uh, habits with their financials, not uh, entering the numbers or, or at least not reviewing them. Do you find, like as you've been working with them, is it a competence problem? In other words, they've never learned about the numbers, so they don't even know what to do? Or is it a um, sort of a willful, like, I don't like to look at the numbers kind of thing? Uh, I think you'll find both camps in, you know, in, in the marketplace. Obviously, there are people who money is taboo. Uh, you know, looking at, at the money makes them break out in a cold sweat. You know, just talking about it, thinking about it, is, you know, is something that they can't deal with. However, I think that's that's a, a minority of the population. Uh, I think the majority is a, is the other camp. I think the majority is is basically not understanding what the numbers mean and not understanding the the power of of understanding those numbers and essentially in in any other industry you know when when somebody comes to sell them a service the the immediate thing is they want to know what's the ROI what's right. my return on investment right. how is this going to um, increase my business or decrease my expenses so that i am more profitable at the end of the year and in the legal industry that calculation is kind of ignored. 
uh, you know, by and large. And, you know, they'll look at what do I need to bring on a staff member based on are all of my team members too busy? Right, right. Yeah. Are not are we being efficient? Not are we billing? Not are we, you know, Clio just uh, released their 2019 legal trends report. And once again, you know, they're showing that uh, small law firms, attorneys in small law firms are billing, I think, billing and collecting something, I don't have it in front of me, but close to 2.3 hours a day. But yet, they're, I, I guarantee you they, they're busy. I think 2.3 hours is the billing and like 1.8 hours is the collection, which is mind-boggling yeah. because if you, if you do the math, you need to have a really seriously high hourly rate to be profitable off of each attorney in the firm. And if you're solo, you know, we're talking about you too. You know, the, the, the cost of your attorney should be somewhere between 25 to 40% of the revenue that they're bringing in. You have to pay for everything else on top of that. You got the paralegal, you got the the overhead of the office. You know, so if you're if you can't bill and collect enough to you know quadruple your attorney's salary, then you have a broken business model. So adding another attorney to the mix is just going to make their problem worse, not better. Right, and yet, yeah, and yet, you, what you just said is like they're looking and saying, okay, everybody's busy but we're only billing 2.8 hours. Um, so we're going to add another attorney. And indeed, you make the problem worse. I wanted to ask one question before I moved on, um, which was you mentioned as you were talking about uh, some attorneys don't have any accounting software at all. Well, obviously, they can't see their numbers if they don't. We need to solve that problem. But you also mentioned some of them are doing it themselves. What do you say to a law firm owner who, let's say they're using QuickBooks or FreshBooks or something like that, and feels that they're competent to do their own books and so they do it themselves. Is what's the risk in that? There's a difference between competence and where you where you shine. You know, and, and I follow uh, Michael Hyatt, uh, who's who's a big name in, in the productivity uh, side of the world. And um, he has you identify the tasks that you're doing into four zones. One zone is where you're really good at it, you're proficient at it. And you also love it. And another zone is where you're proficient at it, but you don't love it. And essentially, you want to get all of your activities to be in that zone where you are proficient and you love doing it. Mm, Now, essentially, if you are proficient at your books and you love doing it, should you keep doing it? If that lights you up, sure. But recognize that there's a cost involved as well. And that is the cost of not doing other things during the time that you're maintaining your books. And if you're willing to forego that, if you've made the calculation and decided, hey, I can go with, you know, four hours less a week of billing so I could do my books, then sure, you know, make that decision. But if you look at the cost of having somebody else do your books, the, the math is very simple. And it's easy to, to say, let me go have a professional who loves doing this, go and do it. So I think most law firm owners probably don't love it. They might be good at it, but they probably don't love it. So it's probably something you want to outsource. Yeah. And then the last point on that too is when when there's a challenge, when there's something difficult going on in the business and you're doing your own, I think that's there's a really big risk of looking away for a while. Like <laughs> there's something bad there, so I don't want to look at it. And uh, and having somebody else do it keeps it happening, um, whereas you, you might turn away. I'm talking with Moshe Amsel. He's the uh, host of Profit with Law podcast, Law, Growth, uh, law Firm Growth Summit. And we've been talking about uh, 
law firm owners being struggling to, to really be in touch with their numbers. We're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Moja, what do we do to get law firms more in touch uh, with their numbers? And then, and then you know, what, what those numbers really should be uh, in profitability. But first, uh, we'll hear from our sponsors. Ready to create and build your own solo or small farm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There's only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals, Solo Practice University. The only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than a thousand classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Use rebate code UNBILLABLE to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. And welcome back to the Unbillable Hour. I'm talking with Moshe Amsel. And uh, we've been talking about law firm owners getting getting and staying in touch with their numbers and and working to their best and highest use. We mentioned that uh, the average in the uh, Clio uh, Legal Trends report was that the law firms are billing about the law firm lawyers in small law firms are billing about two point three hours um, a day, and that that's part of the struggle. But so, Moshe, what I wanted to move to um, in this segment is to start to talk a little bit about solving the problem, right? So, yeah, so we've identified that. Yeah, that they don't teach us much about this in law school, that um, it's usually not the highest and best use of the attorney's time to be worried about the books. And quite honestly, most of them aren't doing it at all. So how do we move lawyers to get, because we can't move them towards profitability until they have a sense of what the numbers are. How do we move them in that direction? Yeah, it, it, this is a, it's a really good question, Christopher. And what I like to do is I like to first help the law firm owner understand that Business holistically is the the marriage of all the pieces of the business coming together as a unified team to create a profit stream for the owner. And when I say all of the the, the pieces of the business, I, I'm referring to the five cores, which is marketing, sales, leadership and team development, technology and process implementation, and the financials. You cannot be successful in a quick amount of time, in a short, a short period of time, if you are not having all five of those work in concert. And the problem is, is that we tend to focus on one or two of them and ignore the rest right. and hope that it's going to pull the rest of the firm forward. And that does work seasonally. It works occasionally, but it doesn't work in the long term. And it really slows you down. So the first thing to understand is, is I, I need to have all of these pieces working together. So how, how can I make that happen? Right. And from there, we then go to the financials because that really is the driving force of everything else. In other words, if, if you don't know how much you can afford to spend on marketing, then you're going to be doing haphazard marketing, not knowing what you're doing. If you don't know what your sales conversion metrics are, then you're not going to know what efforts need to be applied in the sales arena in order to improve your sales, in order to outsource them, bring somebody on to do your sales, you know, those kinds of discussions, you can't figure those out if you don't have a handle on the numbers. 
leadership and team development. Leadership is is not something that's easily quantifiable, but the productivity of your team certainly is, <laughs> right? So knowing how productive your team is, whether you know one of the one of the things law firms tend to do, especially if you're running an hourly billing practice, is you know you have your billing cycle, and when you go through your billing cycle, you review the bill and you make adjustments to the actual time spent versus what you're going to bill the client. And it it boggles my mind to see what happens in this process where human nature kicks in and you start to question, oh, why did this take this long? I cannot possibly charge my client for that time. Let me cut it down. Let me do, let me charge them for less. Um, and this is an epidemic in the industry, so much so that that your podcast is called The Unbillable Hour. I yep. have episodes titled The Death of the Billable Hour, uh, you know, and, and talking about how to get rid of hourly billing because I think that this is, you know, this is a killer when it comes to, you know, what the law firms are able to produce. But understanding those numbers, like the Clio Trends Report number, how much per hour are you actually bringing in or, or what is your hourly collection rate? Most law firm owners don't have that information. And without that information, you have no idea whether your team is doing okay or not doing okay, whether your people are productive or not productive. So you don't even know if you should be focusing heavily in that area. So I, I think it all starts with the financial piece and really starting to understand what are the metrics that are important. And then from there, I like to say that there's the rearview mirror, <laughs> yeah. there's the current situation, and then there's the forward-looking forward path, right? And there's pieces for each one. So the rearview mirror, that's your bookkeeping. Right. That's your profit and loss statement. That's your practice management software reporting, which, by the way, most of them really stink. So you need to start learning how to extract the data and make your own reports in Excel and things like that, uh, because none of them do a really good job at giving you the data you need in an easily readable, readily available format. And then there's the forward-looking piece, right? Right. So the rear-looking is the books and the P&L and the practice management software. The forward-looking piece is the planning and, and I want to dive into that a little bit deeper in a moment. And then the current piece, which is what do I do currently with the, with the cash coming in and cash going out in the business? And your listeners are very familiar with Profit First because uh, you're heavily involved with that. You've had Ron Saharian interviewed here on the podcast uh, from Profit First Professionals Headquarters. So I'm not going to go into the details of Profit First, but Profit First is just a cash management solution. But you have to have a way of determining what to do with cash when it comes in right. and how to control those expenses when they go out. And that's the current, uh, you know, what you do today. And then for forward-looking is planning. And I think that this is the biggest component that's missing. Right. Even though we, I, I opened up with telling you that people are not even maintaining their books, the problem is, is that even the ones who are doing a good job, and they do know historically what's happened in the firm, they're not doing forward-looking planning. And again, I, there are definitely law firm owners out there who are killing it, who are doing all these things. But if you're struggling, chances are you're missing one or more of these components. And forward-looking planning is basically like the GPS or your map. So, right, and it's different than hoping, right? It's, it's, exactly. It's, it's, exactly. It's taking what you want to happen, but then putting proposed actions behind it and, then, and measurements that you expect to happen as a result of those actions. Yeah, and the perfect example, and I think you mentioned this example to me in a recent session we did together, where if somebody just plunked you down somewhere in the middle of nowhere, you yeah. have no idea where you are, and handed you a map and said, here, go to New York. 
you'd have absolutely no idea how to get there because you don't know where you're starting from. Right, yeah, you don't even know which direction to start walking. Exactly. In the same same vein, if somebody were to plunk you down in, in a spot and say, you are right now in this and this location, now go to New York, and you have no map, you have no directions, you could, you could potentially get there, right? You could ask, see people, you can look at the sky and, and at least know whether you need to go east, west, north, or south and try to figure that out from where the sun is. But essentially, without a map or without a GPS and without knowing where you're starting, you can't get from point A to point B. And that's where knowing where you've come from and where, where you are today and where you're going in the future is so critically important. And it's such a simple... Uh, analogy to business, but we completely ignore it. People are going to listen to this. They're going to hear it. It's going to go in one ear, out the other. They're going to continue doing what they're doing because we just attack what's in front of us with, we're not, we're, we're not forward-looking thinkers um, innately by nature. So we really need to be intentional with that direction that we're taking, that forward-looking direction, and make a plan of how we're going to get there. So how does this look as an example? So let's just say that uh, my goal is to take the firm from where we are today at 500000 to, and uh, I don't know, 50000 in profit to a million and 250000 in profit, right? So now I know the big numbers, but now I can start looking at each of the pieces and how do they play into all the other components that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So now we can start saying, okay, if I am going to bring in a million dollars into the firm and my average case value is $10,000, well, now I know that I need, uh, what is it, 100? Um, 100 matters, right? To, or 100 cases to get to a million. Well, now I could say, okay, now my current marketing efforts are bringing in 20. So I need to close the gap and make it 80. Well, actually, I said we were at 500,000. So we're at, we're, we're at 50 now. We got to bring in 50 more. So now I can look at my marketing and say, well, first we look at our sales and say, okay, what's our close rate? And try to figure out whether we could eke out more sales from the leads that are coming in. What, you mean the solution isn't more leads, more leads, more leads, more leads? <laughs> Not necessarily. It could be, right? It could right. be. Yeah. So you have to look at all the pieces. So we look at at our sales close rate. We see if, if we, there's more we could do to bring in more new business. We also look at, because I mentioned profit, right? It's not just how much, it's not just the million we're bringing in, but it's how much we're taking home. We can also look at the expenses being placed in, you know, in producing that. So we're also going to look at the production of the team and figure out if there's better ways to do things. We're going to look at our technology and figure out whether we can automate things that are being done manually, whether we can improve our customer experience, which is going to increase our profitability. And then ultimately, we'll get to the marketing side and say, okay, how many more leads do I need? But if we start looking at each of these pieces in the holistic picture of how am I going to increase both my top line and my and my bottom line in this process, now we're cooking on all on all five cylinders. And it's amazing. I mean, it does it does touch each and every part of of the business, and you need to be looking at all of them. But but because I think your point was because you started with a plan, I want to get to a million. Now you know how much to tweak each part, how much results you want to get out of each one. And, 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 and to your point, not to focus on just one of them, uh, but to make sure that the whole business operates in concert. Right. Now, obviously, we're, this is a very, very simplistic view because we, we have a short time frame. You have to understand all the pieces to figure out 
which is which is the needle that's going to move me the most and identify what what I like to do is I work on quarters. So 90 day increments. So we're now take that year goal, break it down into four pieces, create 90 90 day increments and and choose just three needles that we're going to try to move during 90 days and no more than that. So we're not trying to fix everything at once. It's kind of like with Profit First, you're trying to just move 1%, 2% in a specific category in each quarter because too much change or too much, too much trying to change too much at the same time is just going to make you very busy and not going to create results. Right, and also make it hard to see the results because of all the different variables going on. All right, we're going to take a break here. I'm talking with Moshe Amsel. Um, he is the host of Profit With Law podcast and the Law Firm Growth Summit, as well as uh, the owner of Dream Builder Financial. Um, we've been talking about how law firms can use the numbers that they're getting closer to, that they need to be in touch with in order to improve their business by incorporating planning, because the numbers tell them where they've been, the uh, plan of where they're going, and some and some real good policies about what to do with the money as it comes in the door. Uh, Moshe, when we come back from this break, we've got to hear a couple words from our sponsors. I'm going to be asking a little bit more about well, the title of this program. Um, so we titled this uh, Living Life Your Way with a Profitable Business. And what that means is why, why determining your way is really important to these plans. But first, a word from our sponsors. If you're missing calls, appointments, and potential clients, it's time to work with Nexa Professional. More than just an answering service, Nexa's virtual receptionists are available 24-7 to schedule appointments, qualify leads, respond to emails, integrate with your firm's software, and much more. Nexa ensures your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 800-267-9371 or visit them at nexa.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. And we're back with Moshe Amsel, and we're talking about running your law firm in a more cognizant and intentional way with attention to metrics, not just not just financial metrics, because uh, we've been talking about efficiency and utilization, but with metrics across the board in, in what, what Moshe has called the five cores of the business. Uh, and so what I said what I wanted to do when we came back, though, was to, to address the title, because um, we, we've talked about planning and the title of the program is Live Life Your Way with a Profitable Business. So Moshe, what does that mean? What, how does what we've been talking about, paying attention to setting a goal, knowing where you are, having a plan, how does that enable you to live life your way? That's a great question, Christopher. And when I opened, I, I said that, you know, I'm, I'm a husband first, father second, and business owner third. Yeah. And that essentially has created this this awareness for me of realizing that owning the business is a means to an end whether it's increasing my impact in the world or increasing our you know my wealth or or my family's you know financial position at the end of the day the the business itself is not is not the goal it's the impact the business is going to create and i don't want to 
dedicate the bulk of my life to the tool that's going to that that's going to supposedly provide the the means at the end that I that I want to achieve. And I'm assuming that everyone listening to this is kind of sitting there shaking their head and saying, yeah, that's me too. Now, for you, it might not be family. For you, it might not be, uh, you know, impacting others. Maybe it's philanthropy. Maybe it's it's hobbies that are meaningful to you. But there's more to life than the time at work. And one of the biggest things that I hear from law firm owners is, I don't have time. Uh, even when it comes to just spending a few hours on planning for the business. Oh, I don't have time for that, right? And what's crazy is, is that what the Clio Trends Report doesn't tell us is how many hours people are spending to eke out those those two billable hours a day. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and if you're spending 12 hours a day to get two billable hours, that's not a good, that's not a good model. As a matter of fact, there are studies that say that your productivity begins to decrease, your peak productivity begins to decrease when you work more than 26 hours a week. And yet corporate America is built on a 40-hour work week, and the legal industry, the legal industry is built on 60 or 70 hours a week. The accounting yeah. industry is not, not much better. But the concept of needing to work more hours to produce a better result is a broken concept. And I believe, I firmly believe, and, I've, and I have clients that can prove it, that you do not need to put in more hours to be more productive. And there are ways to move the needle that are way, uh, way easier than just putting in more time. And the biggest suck of our time, the biggest waste of our time is a lack of planning. Because when you don't enter the day with a plan of what you need to get done, you end up getting stuck doing things or procrastinating or you know just going down rabbit holes that are not necessary. And if you have a very clear plan at the start of the day saying, okay, to reach our, our target goals today, these are my big three that I need to do. And if you knock those out first, then anything else you do is fluff. You're, you're just you're, you're checking off your task list, but essentially you've made sure that you move the needle forward. And if you didn't enter the day that way, then what ends up happening is, is that the things that are most important to moving towards the goal end up being the last things you do, which you end up not getting to. And you end up doing all the unimportant things, right. including spending time on social media and chatting with people around the water cooler and you know, all <laughs> the things that are you know, our peak productivity right now. And, you know, I, I really think that when you start to be more intentional with where you're headed and the actions you need to take, that is going to essentially free up the time that you now have to spend on other things where otherwise you thought that you were, you, you know, you needed to put in those 60 or 70 hours. Right. And, and I mean, even the concept, like you said, you know, in your example, you just used nice round numbers, 500, we're going to go to a million but even the concept of asking yourself why, like, what does a million dollars and two hundred fifty thousand dollars of profit do for my life? Is that important to my life? Is is it enough? Is it too much? What what's the motivation behind that number? How do you see that figuring into the planning? Yeah, absolutely. So when I work with clients at the start, the very first thing that we do is we get very clear on your why, like why are you doing this, your mission statement of what your firm stands for and what you're trying to accomplish in the world, and then your own personal goals and your personal financial goals and your own business and your business financial goals. And the business financial goals are driven almost entirely by your personal financial goals. So one person might be single and have no expenses and all they want to do is, you know, hit the golf range. And for that person, 
you know, having a quarter of a million dollar revenue practice with a hundred, one hundred fifty thousand dollar profit is way more than enough, and that's all they need. And somebody else might have five kids in private school, you know, wanting wanting to save money for the down payments on their homes, wanting to buy a second vacation home, and you know, and, and that that list or laundry list of financial goals in their personal life bodes to a much larger producer of cash for themselves. And they might need something bigger. So your personal needs directly dictate uh, you know, where you need to go with, with your practice. Now, it's not just financial. It's also impact. So some people start a firm because of the financial rewards. Exactly. Some people start a firm because they're very passionate about changing something within that practice area. So for example, I know somebody who is, or more than one attorney, who's very passionate about women's rights and, and women's rights in the workplace. They're going to keep growing their firm because they're trying to increase their impact. Their goal is not a financial one. They want to be financially set for themselves and their family, but ultimately they want to make a lasting impact in women's rights. So they're going to, they're not going to stop at a specific goal, but it still requires you to have immediate short-term goals and long-term goals for the practice so that you have something to aim for. Because without it, just saying, I want to increase my impact and not, ha- not putting something on it, um, it just doesn't work. I mean, you look at, look at any industry, look at the, 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 weight, the, you know, the health industry and look at weight loss, right? If you don't choose to say, hey, in six months, you give it a time period, in six months, I want to lose 30 pounds without putting that definition on it and just saying, hey, I want to lose weight, You'll never lose weight. You'll lose five pounds. You'll go back, get put it back. You know, and and but having the goal, you're constantly able to measure, see how you're doing. Am I getting there? Do I need to make more tweaks? Do I need to push harder? Do I need to you know put more effort in if I want to really achieve this goal? And you can tell whether you're on the right track because if by month three you've only lost five pounds, you're not on track to lose thirty. But if by month three you've lost twenty and you've got ten more to go. This is going to be a breeze. You should have no problem getting to that goal. So just basic goal setting like that is necessary no matter what your motivation is. But absolutely, it's extremely important to be clear on why you're doing this, what you want your firm to be all about, what your, you know, what your mission is. You want to resonate with the people you're bringing in. You want to resonate with your team. You want people to carry this torch with you. And you want to be very clear on what your own personal goals are, which then dictate the business goals, which then dictate your your immediate short-term goals that you can actually take action on. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic advice. So I want to leave us uh, with, with one, one last thought, um, which is, you know, if you go to some of the larger, particularly the larger uh, trade shows or bar events um, that are going on, and there'll be topics about marketing and attracting more leads. And there'll be talk topics like you, you mentioned earlier about uh, hiring and, and training your team and retaining your team. And there'll be topics about substantive law. And there'll be topics about you know case management software. And there'll be topics about improving financial results and me- measuring and metrics. And I promise you, the ones about financials and measuring and metrics and, and planning are not the best attended. Why do you think that is? What's going on that that all the things that you and I have just been talking about, about really how to make a huge difference and move the needle for law firm owners, are not the most sought after? I'm trying to find the right analogy to answer your question, Christopher. But uh, <laughs> sure. essentially, if here we go. If somebody is walking around with cancer, undiagnosed, 
And they're walking past a doctor's office, and it says, world's number one oncologist here. We just had a cancellation. You can walk in and take an appointment, no charge. And the person walks right by. Why? Because they didn't know. Right. They didn't know that they, that they needed it, right? They didn't know that that was their problem. Right. I think that these are not well attended because firm owners are lacking the knowledge and education to even recognize where their problem lies. They think that I need more leads. They think that I need more sales. They think that I need my team to be more productive. They think that a software is going to answer my problem. Right. What they're not realizing is is that the problem is much deeper than that. <laughs> yeah. And they need to really get into, you know, this is the, all of those are body work. And really, we need to get to the engine and, and work on the engine. So, you know, that, that's, that's essentially where the issue lies. And that's where I think our job is, your job, my job, as, as people who are trying to help the industry in this way, our job is to educate law firm owners as many as we can, as quickly as we can, on, hey, there's a bigger problem here. There's a bigger picture here. And the sooner that you start to work from the inside out instead of the outside in, the faster that you'll see results, the faster that we can help you. I think that's a fantastic analogy. I appreciate that. Um, it's walking past the clinic not knowing you've got the disease. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, as we wrap up, I wanted to see if you had one tip that we could leave our listeners with today to uh, to implement uh, right as quick as they can um, to make a difference in their in their business. You know, I just finished telling you that education is the problem, and um, I'm putting on a ap- absolutely free virtual summit. And this summit, it's basically a conference. It's over a course of five days, and it's all about educating you in these areas of business where you can come to the ones that you think you need and, uh, and attend them. You can attend them all, and it's absolutely free. There's no barrier to entry. You can watch it from your from your home, from your office. And I was trying to fix a problem where education is not easy to come by. Uh, in-person conferences are very expensive, especially for small firm owners uh, who can't afford to leave the office for multiple days at a time. There's cost of travel, cost of entry. Uh, so what I did was is I gathered 30 amazing thought leaders and influencers in the legal market. And we broke it into these same five tracks that we've been talking about here and six sessions a track. And, and we have all of that information for you. So honestly, the, the number one thing you can do right now is just go and, and register for it and, and get your free access to this event and, and take a look at the sessions and choose the ones that make sense for you. I'm doing one, Christopher is doing one, and there's, there's a ton more uh, there that are really valuable. And not, they're not all going to be perfect for everybody. So that, you know, the, that's, it gives you the choice, but there's no conflicts. There's not overlapping. And the best thing is, is you've got 24 hours to consume that content. And if you need more than that, then you can purchase an all-access pass. But uh, essentially, the, the idea is to provide it to you uh, absolutely free and start that education that we're so, so sorely missing. I think that's a, that's a great uh, piece of advice. And that does wrap up this edition of the Unbillable Hour the Law Business Advisory Podcast. Our guest today has been Moshe Amsel. Thank you, Moshe. It's been a great pleasure having you. Yeah, I just didn't give the URL where they need to go to I, know, I was, I was just that. coming. 
<laughs> just coming up to that. So what I was gonna what I was gonna actually suggest um, is uh, or ask you uh, is if people want to learn more about anything we've talked about, um, including including the summit. Um, what's the best way that they can uh, get more information? Absolutely. So the summit is lawfirmgrowthsummit.com forward slash unbillable, lawfirmgrowthsummit.com forward slash unbillable. Uh, Go there for your free access to the summit. Uh, My podcast is Profit With Law. Search any podcast directory. You'll find it there. And if you wish to connect with me personally, I'm going to do something crazy here. Just give you my phone number. And that's 845-504-0910. 845-504-0910. Just give me a call. Let's talk and see how I can how I can be of help for you. Moshe, again, thanks so much. This is Christopher Anderson, and I look forward to seeing you all next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app.